Welcome to a very special edition of the 8020 Endurance Podcast. I'm Matt Fitzgerald. And I'm Hannah Hunstead. So what we've got for you today is some sound from the recent Endeavor Run retreat in Boulder, Colorado, where I was one of the staff coaches. And one of the highlights of that three-day event was an expert roundtable where Endeavor Run host Jake Tuber and the camp attendees took turns firing questions at myself. Also, Kate Grace, a professional runner for Nike, 2016 Olympian for the U.S. in the 800-meter event. My brother from another mother, Jason Fitzgerald of the Strength Running Podcast. Lydia Nader, who is the staff dietitian for the Endeavor Run Retreat and is also a past guest on this podcast. And... Peter Bromka, the working man's professional runner, 219 marathoner, author of the Positive Split e-newsletter, which I subscribe to. And that was the roundtable. It was a lot of fun. And I didn't belong yes. on that panel. But No, you belong. You fit right in. I'm jealous that I wasn't even there to attend that or hear it in person. But this is actually part three of a three-part series. So part one will be on Jason's podcast called Strength Running. And part two will be on Jonathan Levitt's podcast for the long run. And Jonathan Levitt is actually, as you described him, a what man about town in Boulder and a uh, employee of Inside Tracker. Yeah, Jonathan was. It was great to meet him. I had uh, you know corresponded with him because obviously uh, Inside Tracker is the presenting sponsor for this podcast. So Jonathan, his family, and he's just a great guy. It's interesting because uh, Inside Tracker was a sponsor for the Endeavor Run Retreat, but Jonathan just showed up as a regular camper. So he was not on the expert panel. He was one of the people sitting on the lawn asking questions. So it's cool. Just a, a humble guy, great to hang out with, just loves running, gregarious. You know, everyone in Boulder knows Jonathan. So yeah, that's my plug for him. And also Inside Tracker, our beloved presenting sponsor. For sure. This week, Matt does the plug, everyone. We said it was a special episode. And that's that's one reason why. But if you enjoy... 15% off. Table, show notes. <laughs> 25, Matt. 25. 25. Oh, so, yeah, this is why. This is why. We'll Long go back COVID. to you next week. <laughs> yes, COVID brain, everyone. If you enjoy the round table and you're interested in attending an Endeavor Run event, 8020 Endurance is partnering with Endeavor Run to host a running retreat in Austin, February 2022. We're super pumped to have an in-person training camp with Endeavor Run. So we will link Endeavor Run's information in the show notes as well. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about that event. Yeah, you could be one of the people sitting on the lawn asking questions of the expert roundtable panel at the next Endeavor Run retreat in Austin, Texas, February. See you there. See you there and enjoy the episode. A couple of quick questions from our uh, team here to write these down. Um, this one's for Matt, Jason, and Peter in particular, and really gets at this notion that runners, like writers, are creators. What's your favorite part of the creation process? When it comes to running? Uh, yeah, you can all answer it. I'm going to focus in on Matt, Jason, and Peter. And then when Lydia and Kate inevitably have more interesting answers, we'll pivot to them. So this is going to be a really geeky answer, I think. But Yeah, he's not even writing it down. He just knows right away. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Play the stupid game, the what Jason. Game? That's my T-shirt. Yeah, our last question tonight is going to be, if you were making a T-shirt, what would actually go on it? And Kate, no, you can't just say show up, level up because it's a good answer. You have to think of something else. 
Yeah, track is 400 meters. <laughs> All right, let's see these answers here. One, two, three. Point one, point two. That's fair. Okay, I'm coming to Peter first. Writing without thinking. Just writing down what's stream of consciousness. Just uh, finding a moment. People ask about writing practice, and a lot of, some writers have a very formal practice. Other writers drink a beer or two and then just can't not think about something and write it all down. Um, someone was asking me at the track yesterday about writing my writing methods and um i found that the faster i go my biggest fear when i write is that i'll say something that's technically true but lacks any of the depth of emotion of what i'm actually feeling um will just be like yeah that's great and i find that it's not always with a beer but if it's like later at night or it's been on my mind all day and i just start writing oftentimes like in the notes app in my phone i'll revisit it the next day and realize I'll almost have that moment of like, where the hell, where'd that come from? Like, where did that metaphor come from? Who thought about it? Like, I mean, it, it literally doesn't occur to me that next morning. Um, and that's because I, I see it as like trying to outpace the more literal, safe way of describing what I was thinking. So obviously the world doesn't see everything I write down. You like then give yourself the space to be wrong and to stay, say stuff that doesn't make sense in pursuit of trying to uncover stuff that maybe you yourself wouldn't think about. That's great. Thank you. Matt, go ahead. You got a mic there too. We're still doing the game? Sure. I'll let you read Said, it. said, I like it when a novel solution to a problem comes from the athlete. Yeah. So you know, for me, like I am a creative person, which is why I'll, I'll never be a great coach <laughs> maybe, but like that, that's how I approach coaching is like create a form of creation and, so problem solving is that, and I enjoy all phases of, of, of the process because you're always running a gut up against limits. You're always facing challenges. But when there's a specific problem that arises and it's not, sometimes a problem comes up and you just, you pull the solution from your toolkit. It's like, it's obvious what the problem is and what the solution is. Other times it's like, we're going to have to figure this out. And that's my absolute favorite part of coaching when like, I don't know the answer and the athlete doesn't know the answer and we got to come up with something. And just with my style, like I, I kind of, you know, athletes sort of are, if they, once they've worked with me for a few months, they get that it's okay for them to bounce stuff, you know, just bounce stuff off me. And, you know, not infrequently, I'll end up incorporating something into an athlete's program that becomes a feature of their training going forward that they came up with. And I just dig that. Like one specific example I think of is like, an athlete who struggled with easy runs. And she said, like, what if you just give me like, and I was also working with her on pacing. And she, she said, why don't you just give me like a specific number I have to hit for like a random mile in a run. And I started doing that with her, you know, it's remote. So I'm just getting her feedback. And, and she's like, it's like magic. Like when you, when you do that, like it's like I can stay focused. I I enjoy it, and it's just a completely different experience for me. It was like problem solved, and and she came up with it, and very cool. That's really cool. Yeah, Jason, you asked to go last. What are you thinking? So I just I love the creation of a certain performance, whether that's within my running, within one of the athletes that I'm coaching, because you kind of have this vision in your head of what you'd like to do. I'd like to run a 259.59 marathon. And that's like your vision of the painting, the sculpture, whatever you want to make. And, and in this way, we're kind of creating that performance. And, and I love that process of kind of thinking about, okay, you are right here right now. You want to get over here. 
what is the process that we have to take to get up there? And uh, similar to yours, I love I love the collaborative nature of coaching because you know you kind of work with the athlete and you're bouncing ideas off each other and you're doing different things, and so it's it's almost like this uh, group project of creation. And every athlete is different, right? So so no you know piece of art is is the same that you're working on. Uh, but I just think that is so rewarding to me, at least, because uh, it's all different and you can never do exactly the same thing. Even if two runners have exactly the same goal, you likely have to uh, have a different creative process to get to that ultimate creation at the end. I love it. the artistic analogy. I mean, it, it sounds like you like when a runner shows up and says like, hey, I'm your Sistine Chapel. You know, here's your brush. Paint me. I'm reading the Leonardo da Vinci biography I know that's, that's right what now, made me so think of it. My yeah. mindset is, is on a lot of art stuff. That's awesome. Uh, next question from our audience here. This one's first for Lydia and then for Kate. And you guys don't have to write this one down. What has running taught you about adversity in other aspects of life? And while you think of an answer there, I, I will plug that one of the best answers to this question is actually from Matt's book, Life is a Marathon, which uh, <laughs> what has running taught you about adversity in other parts of life? Uh, and I will certainly plug if, for those who are listening or haven't read uh, Matt's book. Life is a marathon is really beautifully written on this whole topic. This evening, so. Yes. For those of you who are here for live. Um, Lydia, how about you? So I think that it's a very complex type of answer to try to answer this. But I would say what it's taught me is that there's always another angle you can approach something from, which is interesting for running, I think, for a lot of people. But for me. You know, running doesn't have to be the same thing. If we talk about like pacing, it has to be the same pace all the time or, you know, doing this the same way. You can approach it the same goal from different perspectives. Like a lot of us here might have a very similar goal or around a similar goal, but we're all approaching it from a very different angle. And I think that that's something that when you have a problem or something that you want to um, solve, you can approach it from lots of different angles. And I think I learned that as a younger runner um, that you don't have to do the same thing over and over again. It's like, what is it? You do something over and over again, expecting the same result. Like sometimes you need to approach it from another angle to see the results that you're looking for. So for me, that was kind of, I guess, a, one of the many things that I've learned of how to approach adversity in running. Really nicely said. Kate, how about you? What has running taught you about adversity and other aspects of life? that we are all way more powerful and capable than we would initially think and able to, yeah, face more than you realize. Um, Corey McGee, who's the girl I train with, put this quote in her Instagram that I loved. And it was basically along the, like recently, like within the last two days, she just ran in the Olympic final in the 1500. And it was like something along the lines of don't pray for tasks to the level of your powers, pray for powers to the level of your tasks it's more poetic than that, but I would then add more often than not, you will find if you go at the task, you have the power to do it. And I think, again, running teaches us that. And I think that we can do anything, maybe not like to maybe like not the specific run the 230 marathon, but you can like run the marathon and like get better or whatever. Do you find yourself when you're working on things or involved in things outside of your life as a pro runner? using running as a motivational analogy, like, all right, I know I've got to get 
you know, through this thing and I'm in the, you know, first lap of an 800, I know how I'm feeling I can get through it. Does that go through your head or is that just us normal people that are always trying to relate things to running? No, only if I'm hiking. If I'm hiking, I will try to visualize how far 400 meters is. <laughs> but that's a very specific example. Other than that. If 400 um, meters is one lap on the track. Exactly. Way, yeah. <laughs> or like, I only have a mile left. Uh, how, why is it taking 20 minutes or 30 minutes? <laughs> kind of. Again, no, mostly it's like all of the skills that I use in preparing for races and coming back after races and continuing. Those are the things I think of. I mean, really, the whole thing about like you're able to act even if you don't feel good, even if you are sad or are like feeling like you're not able to at that moment but you still like can force yourself to act and then that can change your emotions like that is huge and I feel like that has been very helpful for me in general in life so yeah I think I'm thinking about that and I think in general like just again the idea that I don't know sometimes there's something about even like having hard conversations with athletes like something about being able to like have a scary workout not know if you can do it and then do it and get that little high from doing it, I do feel like I then have started to apply that to other things. Like, yeah, if I'm having a difficult conversation that I feel bad about or, or feel nervous about or, yeah, applying for something um, that I now am less scared of that fear nerve feeling because I realize that it's just one sensation and I can, st- and in a way, like, I'll get over that hump. Yeah, so practical advice would be just make, the finals of any Olympic event and you'll understand what it feels like to face your fears and <laughs> yeah. do pretty well. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. Okay. Thanks for that. No, that's great. That's really thoughtful. Uh, two last questions here. The uh, last one from our audience and I'm debating whether or not to censor this and I'm going to get some audience laughter. As I say this, I think we'll just go for it. Okay. I'm going to give you three options. I want you to write this one down. Fuck, marry, kill long run speed work or easy day. Long run, speed work, or easy day? Fuck, marry, kill. That's a great question. Your discretion advised. Parental discretion. Do a lot of people broadcast podcasts over their speakers at work? (laughs) Now that everybody's working from home, it's totally fine. All right, I'm excited to see this one. Let's go one at a time for these, though, okay? And then maybe we'll talk about where some differences are. I hope you didn't cheat this time too, Kate. All right, we'll start with you. FMK, what do you have? I'll give her the mic there, would you? Sorry, can we get that on mic again? Can you pick up the mic again, please? <laughs> Same inflection. No, no, we're not going to redo it. I would say fuck the speed day. Because come on, I mean, there's so much like, it's speed. It's like so fun. I would say I, even though I did the whole spiel about the resting, I said kill the easy day, marry the long run. Because like, I don't know, marriage is a long run. And it's like you're dedicated to That's it. That's Matt's next book, by the way. Marriage is a long run. That's good. <laughs> I'm also not married. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to come back for part two in three years and check in. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, Jason, let's go to you. What do you have here? Flip it around for us. I have the same answers as Kate for the same exact reasons. Um, Long. (laughs) (laughs) I just celebrated my 10 year wedding anniversary. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Yeah, I should thank my wife. Uh, yeah, no, I think the long run is a, is a great long-term companion. It is a, you, could, you go through a lot of emotions in a long run. You could say it about a workout. But, uh, yeah, it's just great. And then the workout, you, you're going to want to fuck that workout. 
it's intense. It's uh, speedy. It's over quickly. Stuff. And then it's... <laughs> it was just hanging there in the background, you know? I mean, it depends. I mean, a tempo run or a speed development. Talk about run. intervals for a little while. <laughs> uh, and then the easy run. Easy runs are needed in a running context, but uh, they're not as exciting as the long run of workouts. So let's kill it off. All right. I love it. Matt, what do you have here? Totally cheated and copped out. All the above? Uh, it's it's cheating. It's not it's not right. But uh, it does it does get get to my kind of philosophy of the experience of, of being an athlete is like I want it all. Like it's polyamory yeah. is what you're like, saying. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I want to kill them all. I want to <laughs> fuck them all. And I want to marry them all. Uh, but I but I do like I like hating the stuff I hate. I I wouldn't want to take that away. You know what I mean? I was well along in my running journey before I was out on a long run. I'm like I actually hate these. Like. And I always have. You know, talking about like delusion, like I'm like, I'm just kidding myself. I, I fucking hate long runs. But then I started liking hating them. I'm like, well, let's sit with this for a while. <laughs> I don't know, I'm weird. But like, That's I just, great. I think one of the things I love about running is that you can have this diversity of experiences and like, you know, your taste can evolve. The one you wanna fuck is the one you wanna marry later. and. Maybe the one you want to kill after that. <laughs> There's a reason it's framed in that order, by the way. That's a, it, that was that's the life progression. Accidental. Typical developmental stages, Sir Erickson, 1968. So I'm done. That was my answer. That was great. Lydia, what do you have? I have very similar to what everyone else said, but the only difference was marry the easy run. Because going off of what Matt said, I don't really love long runs. They're not like my favorite thing. So I go into the rest recovery I soak those in and those are great. And that's, I'm also not married. And in my mind, that's what marriage is part of. So come back for part three in three years <laughs> when Lydia returns. And all right, Bronco, what do you have? All here? right. I have the same answers as the first two people. Same answers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what drove your, yours? Your answers are both very funny though. <laughs> <laughs> what drove your thinking here? Um, oh, just, um, I think there's a lot of fear around speed work. I think people just need to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people just jump on in. Um, We're going to get Viagra to sponsor the next retreat. Long run. Oh, dear. There's too many jokes. The long run has ups and downs for sure. Um, And then, yeah, I would hate to kill off this easy run, but it's less of the life that I want to live. That's great. All right, last question. I gave you the teaser before. Let's write it down. Let's see what actually. I want you to draw it on a T-shirt here. What's the teaser? You already forgot. It's the T-shirt question. I want you to draw the shirt, though. I want to... I want you to sketch out the shirt. Is it a is it a V-neck, Jason? No. Is it as I cut off T, Bromka? Sketch out the shirt. If you were making a T-shirt with a motto on it that had to do with you, you were gonna sell this shirt for fans of you. Doesn't what goes on the shirt? You already sell. Do you already sell shirts? I I did. I don't anymore. You can use a book title, Matt. That's oh, yeah, fine. I got nothing. Just, That's a good one. Grab I got one nothing. <laughs> And I encourage you to check out Matt's new podcast called I Got Nothing. It's 60 minutes of silence for you to meditate to. Kate, you don't really have to worry about the quality of your T-shirt drawing. No one is judging this. as a Jason's the artist here, okay? Jason's the Da Vinci. He put himself in that category. I don't like to read about it. Bromke, the T-shirt doesn't need a Nike logo. All right, let's turn these babies around. Kate's laughing a lot. I'm really excited for this. Let's speed these around. All right. Matt, yours says dying to run. 
Kate, yours has... Oh, nice. No, it's not. <laughs> that is so obviously a wolf. What do you say? This is a really interesting. This is the 11th Rorschach card that no one has seen. It's a drawing of a wolf. Peter wrote, it's supposed to suck. That's great. You define your success. Jason, what do you got? Come back to me. That's an interesting shirt. Why come back to me? <laughs> Kate, why the wolf? Grab the mic and tell us uh, why the wolf. You know those t-shirts are kind of like 80s style rock bands with animals on them that they're a little bit psychedelic looking? The ones where you have like a wolf in the foreground and then by the moon in the background and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a very big wolf. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. I don't know because they're kind of cool and I, a wolf is like an animal that I think of before races. Um, try to like embody that. And there's this quote, or not this quote, this song and the, the, the quote is, I'm aware I'm the wolf and I really love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Peter, it's supposed to suck. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself, but I just find that I catch myself like often in the first quarter of hard runs being like, Oh no. Oh, and then you're like, what the fuck, man? Like it's supposed to suck. And that, once I accept it, then it's like, it all goes swimming from there and it actually gets mentally easier. And, but I'm constantly reminded that like Thursday going up a hill in Colorado, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Here we are. Um, and then you embrace it. So that's great. Uh, Matt. Dying to run. Want to grab the mic from Jason there? Yeah, this is not one answer I would have given you a year ago. But, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I used to think about, like, why, what are my reasons for running? Like, we all do this. And I always thought, like, like health was very low on the list. And then, you know, I got COVID and then I got long COVID. And then in the process of trying to find answers on long COVID, I had a heart condition diagnosed that was probably caused by running. And I, I haven't been able to run for a long time. And I've just been cogitating on it. You know, you're going to reflect on these things. And it's like, if I get healthy again, of course I want to. Do I make a comeback? Like, because coming back all the way, you know, because I, I was going in 100 miles an hour at 49. And I started running when I was 11. And like, the passion was still there. I'm like, I'm just going to keep this thing going until the want is gone. And the want was still there, but the capacity was taken away. So then it's like, if I get my health back, there are two considerations. One. I could die of a heart attack or two, possibly like it was like the intense training triggered the long haul thing. And even if I get better because I stopped running, could it bring it back? And I'm actually questioning, like, I might just go for it. You know, like I'm just thinking about like, you know, I've had a pretty good ride. Like I, could, I would have to talk to my wife about it. But it's like, like my mind really hasn't changed about that. Only my circumstances have. Like I, I've always been of the mentality that I want to live richly more than I want to live long. Um, so, you know, things, these things have to be thought through and I would talk to doctors, but like I've thought about like, if there is a, a comeback for me, if I do something more memoirish, this would be the title of it. And uh, I might not, if I don't live to finish it, is there another good writer in the room who just like write the last chapter for me? Like how it ended? Is there an insurance agent in the room? <laughs> yeah, I just go heavy with everything, but uh, yeah, it's an honest answer. I love that. Everybody dies, but not everyone truly lives. That could be uh, that could be on the shirt too. Jason, how about you? You asked to go last year. Well, that was deep and quite meaningful, and uh -oh. I just have funny options. I have uh, I met Kate Grace once. <laughs> I thought that would be a really good one. I, I have a bonus one. Uh oh. I've bonked twice today already, <laughs> which has a nice double meaning. <laughs> that absolutely needs to be marketed. Um, I want to uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, Kate Grace, Jason Fitzgerald, Matt Fitzgerald, no relation, Lydia Nader, and Peter Bromka for 
sharing a little bit about your insights and your knowledge that you spent a lot of time working toward to accumulate, and also a little bit about you and your thoughts and a really nice blend of the two. I certainly feel like I have gotten a ton just listening to you and I really want to encourage others to take what you've said to heart and apply it in real ways and continue to reach out to you. You all do such a nice job despite your busyness of being accessible and encourage folks here and listening elsewhere to kind of work with themselves and maybe get more from the things you've put out before or work with you to do that. But I just want to thank you so much for sharing the time here on behalf of Endeavor Run and all of our sponsors. Thanks for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Let's give them a round of applause. Hope you enjoyed this special edition episode of the 8020 Endurance Podcast. Just as a reminder, part one of this conversation can be found on Jason Fitzgerald's podcast, Strength Running, and part two can be found on Jonathan Lovett's podcast, For the Long Run. Those both will be linked in the show notes, and we'll chat with you guys next week. Bye.